All right. The great man is back. Uh, you don't like Harrison Ford. Is that right? No. Okay. What you're talking about is an interview with Harrison Ford in the current issue of the Radio Times. And uh, Harrison Ford, he has this reputation built up over the years, a reputation of being difficult, um, of being uncommunicative, of not basically cooperating in interviews. And you wonder then, I I always wonder this, why do them? Why do you do the interviews? And, you know, in a lot of cases, uh, you'll find people like uh, oh, uh, Tom Cruise or Schwarzenegger in his time and people like that who have... Uh, they've gone all over the world promoting their movies and uh, and you know they they behave quite well in this case okay he did an interview with the radio times as i said a woman called elizabeth day uh it was done at a hotel uh, in hollywood and uh first of all he kept her waiting for a good long time and then uh he was really um, he was very very difficult apparently he, he i've just quote, quote, put uh, put down some of the quotes there. She found herself thinking that it would be marginally less comfortable to face an axe-wielding executioner. Uh, many of his responses were scowling, monosyllabic put-downs, uh, syllabic put-downs, uh, she says. And uh, then he, he had been there, obviously, to uh, to uh, promote uh, Star Wars, um, uh, which the, the, the seven. But he's about uh, 80, is he? He's 73. Okay. But uh, but hold on well now. Yeah. Uh, Kevin Spacey isn't uh, an no, easy no, but, interview. But, yeah. Marlon Brando wasn't an easy. Well, Marlon interview. Brando was ridiculous. No, Marlon but Brando. like uh, uh, Ma- John Bor- Borman told me uh, a story about Marlon Brando. He went to his home in Hollywood because at that stage he wanted to cast him and Jack Nicholson in uh, in Deliverance, and he went to. And your man actually kept him waiting for about uh, 20 minutes and he just kept looking at him for 20 minutes to see how he'd react, to see if he'd give in. Uh, it was mad stuff, totally daft stuff. And uh, so I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't measure anything against him, but I do not understand the situation where a star or a person of prominence or in a, a person who's in a position to give worthwhile interviews um, just refuses point blank to cooperate. I don't get it, George. I I think part of the reason, and I've seen it in other aspects of life, there is this celebrity thing Mm -hmm. that, you know, I've got to prove that I'm very important. Like, if you weren't uh, Harrison Ford... Then the person just said, look, would you ever get lost? Yeah, you know, we're yeah. not going to put you in the radio yeah. times. But because the person has to get an interview to put in the radio times, yeah. they have to put up with this kind of behavior. Yeah. Uh, and he, he, he's, she said he was, the behavior was ignorant, as I say, uncommunicative, boorish, just plain stupid from a 73-year-old man who seriously should know better, who's done, okay, I was just looking up his, before coming in, I was just looking up where he is, his CV. And at the moment, John, um, okay, first of all, there's Star Wars, and he has a, a sequel coming out to that. And then, apparently, uh, during the week last week, um, Steven Spielberg said that nobody else would play Indiana Jones, so he's going to cast him again um, as Indiana. And then he's 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 cast as the main character in the sequel to uh, to uh, uh, Rick 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 Icard in say, the Blade Blade Runner. That's what it is. All right. Okay. And and so what I'm saying to you, but what I'm saying to you is that this guy has got. Uh, he's had a long, long career. I remember seeing him as a child, George, in an episode of The Virginian, which would be late '60s. Did you? Uh, yes, I did. And but he did. He did quite a lot of television. He, he worked as a carpenter, and he did all kinds of television. He did uh, Ironside and Kojak and a series right. like that before uh, becoming and and. 
and and as as I say, it was the Star Wars series that really launched his career. But he's got all that. He's benefited from all that. You think you know a little bit of basic maturity might sort of come into play there. Yeah, but you missed two great movies there: Frantic and Witness. I'm sure they were yeah, fabulous. They, they were good. Yeah, anyway, good. you saw Rocky Twenty Seven. What's it like? Rocky Twenty Seven. Um, it's actually seven. Rocky Seven. Okay. Oh, Rocky Seven. And it's called it's called Creed. And I saw it last night. And a lot of the the reporters or the critics that were there were making the point that it was probably the best Rocky so far. Are you now, serious? Yeah, that's what, absolutely. Now that wouldn't be easy uh, after the first one, <laughs> or that wouldn't be hard, I should say, after the first one. Uh, but this one is about okay. Uh, Apollo Creed, as you know, was the the guy, the world champion when Rocky sort of came along, and Rocky took him on. And at this stage, uh, Apollo Creed is dead, and his son. Um, uh, he was in and out of uh, of homes, uh, various homes, and uh, he wasn't really well looked after. And eventually, uh, this woman who had a relationship with his uh, his father, she claims him. So she becomes a kind of surrogate mother for him. And uh, then we meet him and he works in a brokerage. He's working in a brokerage. He's doing quite well, but he decides that he wants a career in boxing. He still has this in his blood. So he goes to uh, Rocky Balboa in Pittsburgh and asks Rocky to train him. Rocky, who is now running a, a restaurant called Adrian's after his wife, Adrian, um, he, he says no initially. And he he, he persists in staying no, saying no for a while, but eventually he gives in. So th- there's there's this um, uh, light uh, heavyweight champion from Liverpool who's taking on various kind of newcomers, and he decides to take him on. So the thing works up to that. I think it's it's uh, there's great chemistry between um, uh, between St- Sylvester Stallone and this chap Michael J. Jordan, uh, Michael B. Jordan, who plays Creed in it. Uh, the dialogue in it, okay, it has it has certain sort of it's it's I suppose this is genre movie, so it has quite a few um, boxing movie uh, attributes to it. But I think they, there's really good dialogue in it. Uh, great, uh, as I say, chemistry. It's well structured and there are two main fights in it. A three rounder quite early and it's amazingly well choreographed and then a big fight later on. So uh, it's not, it's not, it won't be opening here um, until February, but uh, I, I really impre- was impressed with it. February God above you're really ahead of the yeah. posse yeah. listen what about uh, Angela Jolie and who else Pierce oh, is it for God's sake will you stop will you what's this about okay it's a movie called uh, uh, By the Sea okay and it was um, it was written um, and directed by Angelina Jolie and it's about these this pair this married couple they're married for 14 years and it's about them arriving at this seaside resort in France and uh, Sorry, yeah, so there's a correction there. Uh, they, they arrive at this seaside resort in France and they're almost like the two characters out of Who's Afraid, uh, Afraid of Virginia Woolf to some extent. And uh, they're kind of poor man's versions of that. So they're having a go at each other. They're scratching and scraping at each other uh, the whole time. And you wonder what the hell is going but on But didn't here. she make another turkey? Uh, didn't she direct another turkey, no? Uh, Unbroken, is that what you're talking about? I don't know. But yeah. I mean, I wouldn't go down. I wouldn't go round the corner to watch Angelina yeah. Jolie. Yeah, 
Well, uh, anyway, this is this is, this is a serious turkey. It goes nowhere. I don't know. She, uh, this is her third movie as a director. You might. That's what I said yeah, to you. There yeah. are two movies with turkeys oh, yeah, no, before. Okay. Yeah, yeah, okay, they were. And uh, this uh, this is probably the worst so far. But um, according to an awful lot of the uh, the debate about it, George, this was done on a one for you and one for me basis with uh, Universal Pictures. In other words, she did. They wanted her to do um, a, a sequel to a film called Wanted, a thriller called Wanted, and they've also been trying to get her to do uh, a new version of The Bride of Frankenstein, okay? The Bride Angelina of... The, yes. I, I, in the 30s, I don't know if you remember it or not, but in the, not that you were around in the 30s, but in the 30s, uh, the, um, they were known as a horror house. Universal were known as a horror house. Uh, so Frankenstein and the Vampire and the Werewolf and all of these were um, their movies. And what they've been doing now is they've been trying to uh, breed life back into this franchise of, of, of horror pictures. I know you don't like horror pictures. Um, and this... The, the, the Bride of Frankenstein is one of them. So in order to get her to, to do uh, these movies, they decided they'd back this. And it's I've, I was looking up some of the figures. It's lost between 30 and 40 million um, so far, and it's only out for a few weeks. It's lost. It's lost in, in terms of uh, production costs and promotion costs. It's lost between 30 and 40 million. Well, why do they give movies to people like that? Yeah, uh, well, as I've just explained, explained to you. But they know, I know they're doing the thing. Mm, but yeah. but like it, it, it they're going to lose thirty or for like that they're going to be picking up a tab for for a crap movie. They, yeah, they think they 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 think make it on the other one. They take the chance that they may uh, have to pick up the tab for a crap movie, but that uh, on the other side of the scale, then that they'll make it up again when they come out with the right. They must have very so. interesting uh, accountants at uh, Universal and. Text to 53106. Uh, it's Philip Malloy with uh, Wednesday Movies and Television. Um, I've just got a text um, um, correcting me, and it should, and, and the, the texture is right. It says Philly, not Pittsburgh. So, oh, uh, yeah, in terms yeah, of Rocky, Rocky, Rocky going back yeah, to yeah, Philly. Philly yeah. yeah, okay. Now, uh, ask Phil about Moby Dick. What's that about? Are they filming it in Yall, no? No, they're not filming it in Yall. It's a movie called In the Heart of the Sea. And it's uh, it's it's basically the story that Moby Dick was based on. Uh, it's, uh, it, it's about this ship called the Essex, which works out of Nantucket. And uh, they go, uh, the, the, the ship basically goes out. Oh, at that stage, one of the things they explain quite well, and it's quite well worked in, into the story, is that uh, whale oil at that time was very, very val- val- valuable. And, uh, Still is, at yeah. the rate the Japanese are yeah, killing them. Yeah, yeah. and uh, so anyway, they go to sea to come back with uh, tons and tons of whale oil. And uh, they're attacked by this huge monster of of a whale, of a white whale. It's supposed to be 100 feet long or something like that. And uh, it, it, it keeps after him, attacks him again and again. And eventually the ship and then the, the small boats are all destroyed. So these people, um, this group... Uh, well, what's left of the crew of the ship? Uh, they, I think, they go for something like seventy odd days uh, stranded at sea. All right. Now, is there no Captain Ahab in this? In there's this no. Story? There's no Captain Ahab. No. no. Because Greg Peck there's played a, Captain Ahab. Yeah. There's a. He did. 
there's a, a kind of a variation. There's a kind of an element of mutiny on the bounty in it, in that the captain of the ship, played by a guy called Benjamin Walker, who, by the way, will be on the picture show uh, this weekend. Uh, Benjamin Walker, he's an upper class uh, patrician type of individual. Right. And uh, the hero, um, uh, played by Chris Hensworth, who also does the Thor movies, um, he's a working class um, sailor. All right, listen to me. Mm. Lily Tomlin, I'm yeah. sure she had a great career, yeah. or, although I wasn't uh, a fan necessarily, mm. but she's quite old now. She's 76. All right, and she's making movies. She's making There's movies. There's hope for me, yes. Yeah, she was on, on the picture show last weekend, and I found her to be really charming. I thought she was great. Um, but anyway, she's 76 years of age. She hasn't starred in a movie uh, for the Honey, last... Honey, I Shrunk the Kids or something? No, did she no, do? no. She did uh, Big Business Remember that one? Oh yeah. yeah. Well, that that was the last one that she she actually starred in, right. and uh, but uh, now she's made this film called Grandma, and it's about this this woman who's a lesbian poet and a university uh, lecturer, and uh, uh, she's living um, you know quite comfortably on her own, uh, having broken up uh, with a, a girlfriend, and her eighteen uh, year old. Um, uh, granddaughter arrives at her home one day to say that she's pregnant and that she needs uh, the money for an abortion. She's looking for six hundred and thirty dollars. Um, so uh, she doesn't have it. That's the, the the lecturer doesn't have it. So what they do is they they go around basically throughout, throughout this a single day. They go around to various parties to try and raise the money. And it's it's about the effect um, of. Uh, of meeting up with these people again, the effect that that has uh, on her and what it tells us about her. It's really well done. It's, f- it's very funny. Okay. All, all right. Uh, listen, what's Deutschland 83? Do you know that stuff? It's it's a Cold War movie. Brendan says 80s music. It's, uh, it's obviously on television. You haven't seen it, no? No, I haven't seen it. All no. right. Yeah. Uh, I'm... Uh, I listen. Will you will you get on to Sky on the picture show? Will mm. you? And what? You can't watch a movie anymore. There's there's a hundred movie channels and there's no movies. Have you noticed? You saw no good movies. Though. No. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, you can watch. I'm like, I was, I, I'm in despair now. Like, I'm watching for a few dollars what gets, what more. Get, what, get, well, what gets me is the movie they call movies they call classics. And again and again, they call these movies that are just old. They just call them. Yeah. They call them classics. Yeah. Know? But I'm watching stuff now, like I'm watching, you know, movies for men. Yeah. I'm watching That's cowboys that are <laughs> seventy years old. The picture, not the cowboy. Yeah. Well, movies for men now, they specialise in awful movies. Yeah, well, that's what I'm reduced to. Surely. All black and white stuff. Johnny Mac Brown and people like that. But surely at the cost of a Sky Movies subscription, you expect some good movies. Mm. No? Yeah. Well, yes, I'd I'd go along with that, yeah. Um, Although, do you know what I read this week? Uh, Shane was on this afternoon, by the way. Yeah, go ahead. Who? Shane. Oh, was it? Oh, I miss Shane. The the six foot five actor, he was in that great heist movie. uh, And, oh, God. Come on, give us a little bit more than that. Yeah, he, 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 uh, but he was a spy during World War II. 
He was a spy during For the CIA, which was then called the OSS. I was just reading about him this week and I've forgotten his bloody name. (laughs) Do you remember the film they had that that professorial kind of... uh, He was a Hungarian actor, I think, wizened kind of guy with a beard. And he was the the guy who had the expertise to crack the safe. Somebody must know this movie. Just it's discovered a famous there's a, there's, movie. There's a, there's a really welcome uh, text. Just discovered Deadwood and love it. Will <laughs> there be ever be a new series? That's Bridget and Galway. Bridget, you don't know how much I agree with you. Um, I'm a huge fan. Always have been a huge fan. of, And I mean always, because I've looked at the, the three series of it about three times. Uh, but um, apparently it was very, very expensive. That's That was one of the problems with it. Made for HBO. Um, oh, gee, wonderful cast. Great dialogue. The setting was great. Uh, but unfortunately... Uh, Bridget, they're not going to do another All uh, right, series. well, Mark Hamilton from Galway is not a movie star. He is the winner of the Irish Times digital subscription. He goes into Friday's draw for a break for two at the Paris Court Hotel. That's all for the right hook today. Marianne Kendi and Michael Quilligan were on sound. The production team was John Parsons, Emo Roche and Alex Russo. The producer was Mark Simpson. RT2 on Sunday night uh, is Deutschland 83. Uh, and it's very good. Oh. It says RT2. Thanks, Philip. Talk to you next week. Uh, Sterling okay. Hayden is the answer. Oh, Sterling Hayden. Yeah. <laughs> I tell you, we have great people who listen to this program. Thank Sterling you so Hayden. much. Oh. Uh, we'll, t- we'll talk about him we next week. We will next week. We will. Tomorrow, yeah. 4.30, I'll be here.